basically you can read into that statement what Kevin Warren said about Justin Fields however you want because there are there are two sides that much has been made clear uh Bears Twitter is a mess uh at times uh just because you have two definitive sides people that are pro Justin and then pro Caleb uh and then you have some reasonable people sprinkled in there in the middle but you could use this to you know, back up whatever argument you want to make about what the Bears are ultimately going to do at quarterback. Welcome to the show. It's the Bears Wire podcast, off-season edition. Ryan O'Leary here playing host, as always, and it's great to be back online here with Alyssa Barbieri, the managing editor of USA Today's Bears Wire. Uh, That's enough for an introduction. Hi, Alyssa. It's been a while. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It has been too long. I apologize, everyone. I've been battling a cold and just could not talk, lost my voice. And since then, like literally everything has been happening all at once. So we've got a lot to talk about today. We do. Yeah. We have not weighed in on the new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron. We have thoughts on that coming up. We'll probably close the show later on with some thoughts on the hall of fame. The bears have three uh, heading to the hall of fame, but Alyssa, no matter what you try to do, even though we've been talking about this since October, November, way back when during the season, we were talking about Fields, Caleb Williams. We were doing it back then. Do you trade Fields? Do you keep him? Do you draft Williams? Whatever. Drake May. Uh, That continues to be the lead story in Chicago, right? If you are looking for storylines with the Bears, everywhere you look, this is what people are talking about. Potential trade partners for Fields. What are the Bears going to do? Are they going to keep Fields? Are they going to trade Fields? Are they going to draft Williams? Does Williams want to be a Bear? All this stuff. Like that is. Do I have that right? Is that still the lead story in Chicago? Yeah, and we still have two more months uh, to go until the draft, because if we remember back to Ryan Poles' press conference, he said that this is a decision that he's going to take well into April. So we still got a couple more months of this. And I mean, it's a lot. It's 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 been repetitive. We also have no idea what the heck is actually going on. And, you know, it's going to be a topic of conversation uh, well up uh, leading up into the draft. And it's. At this point, I'm leaning, and I think you are too, Ryan, that the Bears probably draft Caleb Williams with that number one pick and and trade Justin Fields. But the thing is, no one knows except for Ryan Poles, and then maybe Ryan Poles has no idea, which could be quite terrifying at this point. But I think that the scouting combine, which is coming up here at the end of the month, is going to be a big thing because that's when the Bears are finally going to be able to get in a room with Caleb Williams and talk to him because – even listening back uh, in January to Pulse's press conference, you know, it sounded like they were sold on Caleb Williams, the player. Now it's about Caleb Williams, the person. And, you know, I think once, you know, they get in a room with him, we're going to get a pretty good idea. I mean, there'll be reports flying out and obviously it's going to be the bears feeding these insiders information, what they want out there. Uh, whether that is driving up the price for Justin Fields, driving up the price for the number one pick. Uh, it's going to be pretty busy and pretty eventful, so buckle up, everybody. Yeah, I would want to get into a room if I'm Ryan Poles. I'd want to get into a room with Caleb Williams, Alyssa, and be like, what the hell's the problem? Why why, why don't you want to be a bear? Why, why are we seeing you liking certain tweets, and that's the reporting from kind of coming from your camp that you don't want to be a bear, but you'd rather be a commander? You'd rather be a commander <laughs> than a bear? Please, Caleb, explain that one to me, why you'd rather be a commander than a bear. I would love to know. Well, you wouldn't want to be with one of the iconic franchises, but you'd rather be a commander. Which that's crazy, too, because, you know, obviously, and I understand because history shows that, you know, when you're drafted, you know, quarterbacks who are drafted and then join another team, not many of them find long-term success, right? So I understand Caleb Williams wanting to find the perfect place. And yes, Chicago does have a bad, a really, really ugly history of quarterbacks and mostly a failure to develop quarterbacks. But at the same time, when you look at the situations and we can look at the top three, right? I mean, he probably isn't getting past, you know, number one or even number two, but the bears, the commanders the Patriots, and you look at those three situations. And I think the bears are easily the best situation for a number one pick like Caleb Williams to land. Normally the team picking at number one is the worst team in the league. The bears weren't. You know, they really hit their stride there in the second half of the season and they were building something really special. When you look at 
this team and what they have. I know there is some uncertainty at the co at, you know, with head coach Matt Eberflus, but you have a young defense that really made strides last season. That's going to continue to add to this roster during free agency because they have the money to do it. So you have a defense that's projecting to be a top 10 unit next season. You have an offense that the offensive line made strides last season, right? Especially at the tackle position and, you know, protecting Justin Fields. He didn't get a hit as much last year. And so you have that, you have the weapons on offense with DJ Moore, you have Cole commit, you have the free agency to go out and add some guys that number nine pick, you're probably going to take one of the top wideouts in the draft. So, I mean, there are definitely, this is a good situation. You have a new offensive coordinator in Shane Waldron, who we'll get to in a little bit, who has shown an ability to work with different types of quarterbacks and build an offense around him. And he's worked with guys like Sean McVay and Pete Carroll. So, I mean, I think when you look at all of the situations, Chicago's the best one. So I'm like, what is going on here? I mean, it's crazy because you have to wonder at this point how much is speculation and pure rumor and like what does Williams and his camp actually want? Because I think back to the Colin Coward thing when he said that, you know, Caleb Williams doesn't want to go to Chicago and Williams's people had to reach out and be like, uh, we don't want to be known as anti-Chicago. We didn't say that. So, I mean, like at this point, it's so much hearsay and like what's actually going on. Like you mentioned, the Commanders, why would you want to go to Washington over Chicago? I mean, come on. Not to mention, Chicago is like one of the biggest markets. If you win, if you win one Super Bowl, you will be a legend for the rest of your life. Statue. They will name streets and buildings after you. Come on. Like, I, why would you not want to come to Chicago? Come on, Caleb. And, and, and I'd like to imagine that Ryan Poles gets to sit down face-to-face with this kid at the Combine or whatever, and that conversation will go well and they'll, they'll squash whatever that is. Right. Uh, because once you really get down, when you get, when you get down to it, Chicago, Washington, or new England, that one's pretty easy to me. That one's pretty easy to me, but you mentioned Shane Waldron. We'll, we'll definitely get into him. The reason that we're starting fields and Williams is because, uh, it's a big story. It's actually one of the top stories on bears wire. As we speak now here, midweek, the day after Valentine's day is what we're recording. Uh, Kevin Warren, uh, spoke in an interview with Jarrett Payton. He is the, the son of NFL legend Walter Payton. I think Bears fans know who that is. Um, uh, Jarrett works for WGN News, and he did an interview with Kevin Warren. It was all over social media, and it was interesting. And, interesting. and here's just a little clip from that to get us into this uh, conversation, Alyssa. Justin has a rare combination of intelligence, of size, of strength, and speed. You forget how big of a of a man he is until you're up on him. He's not a small man. And so I just think every year he's going to continually get better. Um, and um, so I'm glad he's on the Chicago Bears. So give me your reaction to that, Alyssa. He's he's glad Justin is a member of the Chicago Bears. Another thing that jumps out in that comment by uh, Warren is the size of fields, right? His, his physicality, his legs, he's hard to bring down, and he is a bigger guy than Caleb Williams. That's just a fact, right? Uh, probably a better athlete all, uh, overall. Than, than a Williams. Uh, and again, just the way he ends it, I'm glad he's a Chicago Bear. It feels like a vote of confidence in a situation where you, me, I think everybody thinks that it's kind of inevitable. And I, I, may, I might be stealing that word from an article on Bears Wire as well. It feels inevitable at this point that Fields will be playing elsewhere and Caleb Williams will be the guy in Chicago next year. But if you listen to uh, Kevin Warren, that felt like a vote of confidence. What was your reaction to that? Yeah, no, that was definitely a strong stance in favor of Justin Fields, no doubt, especially that last line. So I'm glad he's on the Chicago Bears, right? And I mean, I expected to hear nothing less uh, than support uh, from Warren about Fields, same with Poles, Eberflus. You know, on the surface, it does seem to indicate, hey, maybe the Bears are leaning towards keeping Fields. But then again, this whole decision, this franchise-altering decision, that general manager Ryan Poles is going to make. I mean, there's nothing surface level about it. Like it's very, it's, it's, it's very important. So, I mean, I feel like it could be a way to drive up the trade price for Justin Fields. And, you know, there are a couple teams showing interest um, at the same time, you know, Kevin Warren, isn't the one making the decision at quarterback. It's going to be Ryan Poles mm-hmm. who makes that decision, you know, and Kevin Warren went on later in that interview to kind of talk about, the collaborative process, you know, between, you know, Warren working with polls and with assistant GM Ian Cunningham and being on the same page and making this important decision. But I ended, I didn't expect Kevin Warren to come out and be like, Oh yeah, 
you know, we don't like Justin Fields. We're ready to move on. Like, I mean, come on, that's, <laughs> that's just not going to happen. He's not going to give his hand. They're not, they're not going to show their hand this early uh, in the offseason. But, I mean, basically, you can read into that statement what Kevin Warren said about Justin Fields however you want because there are, there are two sides. That much has been made clear. Uh, Bears Twitter is a mess uh, at times. Uh, just because you have two definitive sides, people that are pro-Justin and then pro-Caleb, uh, and then you have some reasonable people sprinkled in there in the middle. But you could use this to you know, back up whatever argument you want to make about what the Bears are ultimately going to do at quarterback. But I don't. it doesn't give anything away. I think it's just Kevin Warren you know, really sharing his thoughts about Justin Fields um, and just really being showing respect, and which is something because Justin Fields has just been an absolute just, I mean, he's been a high character guy the, the moment that he got here in Chicago. And that's one of the things that we love about him. And I think that's why it's so easy to root for him. It's why it's going to be difficult when he ultimately, I believe when he's dealt uh, elsewhere next year or this off season. So I mean, he, I, I expect nothing less. I don't think it, it leans one way or the other, that particular statement, but there was something um, that Kevin Warren said a little bit later on in that interview that I don't know, maybe it had me thinking a little bit. You mentioned that there's a couple teams interested or rumored to be interested, Alyssa. The team that seems to be getting the most play as we speak now is the Steelers. Uh, it feels like yeah. there's some smoke here, right? Uh, the fact that the Steelers are interested, they're maybe even on the phone with the Bears talking this through, trying to work something out. The rumored compensation, a second and fifth round pick for Fields, uh, which I think feels about right uh, to me. I know Adam Schefter has said maybe they could get a one. I think a second and a fifth, a second and a fourth, that, that's kind of what I was expecting. And I, I think I could see that. If the Bears see an opportunity to get a couple picks back for Fields, if, if, if Caleb Williams is their guy anyway, they can get a couple picks back for Fields and get the bonus of getting back into the re-entering the second round in this year's draft. Uh, I, I can see that being pretty valuable to them, right? So all that is pretty interesting. But what do you think about that fit and that rumor about the Steelers? The Steelers being interested in Fields, Alyssa. What's your reaction? Yeah, no, that's. I think that's a landing spot that makes sense when you consider – you know, the teams that are going to be interested in Justin Fields and trading for him are teams that aren't necessarily in a position to land one of those top three quarterback prospects. And perhaps they don't want to take a reach uh, on a prospect that's maybe graded as, you know, a, you know, a, a day two pick. So, I mean, I think it's a good fit. And it really like as you were kind of talking about it, something clicked uh, from uh, something else that, that uh, Kevin Warren had said in that interview with Jarrett Payton. And he was talking about wanting to maximize and to replicate what Chicago did um, last season in turn, you know, like with their draft capital pretty much and how they traded that number one pick and how it turned into so much. It turned into DJ Moore, Darnell Wright, Tyreek Stevenson, the number one pick this year and Unprecedented. 20, in a 2025 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> second round pick. So like, like he was talking about the value of being able to maximize, uh, and draft talent, you know, in the draft. So like when you're talking about the Steelers um, and, and Justin Fields, so it's not necessarily just trading the number one pick is that's not the only way that you can maximize value in the draft. Trading Justin Fields and landing a couple draft picks is also a way to go, especially for a team that only has six draft picks this season um, after uh, trading uh, for trading their second round pick for Montez Sweat, which has worked out very well for them. Yes. But um, then getting back to the Steelers, I think I think it's a good fit too. It's interesting because, you know, the Steelers ended up signing uh, Mitchell Trubisky, who was just released. But I think these are two completely different situations. Justin Fields is um, a heck of a lot better than Trubisky is. Um, the fact that Mike Tomlin is a big fan of Justin Fields, that part really stood out to me. Uh, especially for an organization like the Steelers, who doesn't really have these kind of issues, right? It's a really well-run organization. The fact that they are struggling a little bit with, with Kenny Pickett and the fact that Tomlin is a big fan of Fields, putting that out there. I feel like it is inevitable that Justin Fields is going to be playing elsewhere. I think when you look at different situations where he could be best, Ryan, you've talked about uh, the Falcons, and I think that's another team that's really showing interest in him, his hometown team. I think he'd be great there. But also the opportunity to get Justin Fields working with a coach like Mike Tomlin, 
who's proven to be successful and knows his, I think, and, and to play for an organization that has had success like this, I think that could be a really good fit for them. Uh, so, but, but also, like you said, the Falcons, I think are another team that comes to mind when you look at all of the weapons in place there uh, and they have a solid offensive line. I mean, there will be no shortage of interest for Justin Fields. And I think, again, hearkening back to what Kevin Warren had mentioned about wanting to replicate the success that they had last year, this year, you can do that multiple ways. And it's not just trading the number one pick. I think trading Fields and getting a couple of picks uh, in return for him as well would be a, a big way for the Bears to continue to build up this roster. Yep, you could get a haul for Fields. You could get, you could even get a, a pretty good return for your second first round pick. You got two picks in the top ten. The yeah. Bears have all kinds of ammo. I, yeah, I'm obsessed with the Falcons. That's if Fields is not a Bear, and you, you mentioned there's the side that want Fields to stay. There's the side that want want him to go. There's people in the middle. I think I'm more on the I want Fields to stay side. I think we're both aligned on that. We've we've been yeah. there. I, I don't want to see him go, but if he does go. I love the idea of Atlanta because I just think you put him in the backfield with Bijan Robinson and you got Kyle Pitts and you got Drake London. Like that is just terrifying. Like if they could just get that thing on the same page, look out. That could be very dangerous. But the Steelers do make sense because number one, they hate Kenny Pickett. Uh, So the Kenny Pickett story I thought was just a really fascinating one at the end of last season. He had that ankle injury, right? A high ankle sprain. And he got the tightrope surgery to get back as fast as possible, right? I, I don't know a ton about that tightrope surgery, Alyssa, but I think it's it's pretty invasive. It's not easy on the player. It's basically, it gets them back. You got a six-week, you know, four to six-week high ankle injury. That could get you back maybe half the time, right? And Kenny Pickett rushed his way back, got that surgery, was ready to go, and he didn't have his job anymore. They gave it to their third-string quarterback, Mason Rudolph. You know what I mean? And and they let Rudolph carry them through the playoffs, even when Pickett was back. So I think Pickett's pissed. I think the Steelers kind of showed their hand on Pickett, not giving him the football back when he came. You know, if he's their franchise guy, he's getting the football back, you know, at the end of the year for the playoff push. They're not sticking with Mason Rudolph because he had a couple good, decent games and they scored some points. Like, so yeah, the, the Steelers seem to be out on their quarterback. And... They could also justify a second-round pick for Fields, couldn't they, Alyssa? Because, let's be honest, they kind of owe the Bears a second-rounder for the Claypool deal. I mean, the Claypool deal. <laughs> that was highway robbery. You're almost getting Fields for free when you factor in that the Bears gave them a second-round pick for Claypool, who they turned into That's Joey Porter true. Jr. You make yeah. a good point. <laughs> yeah. Joey Porter Jr., the, the rookie quarter last year, they picked him first pick of the second round, so... They're basically getting fields for free when you when you put it when you think about it that way. Uh, so yeah, they could justify that all the way around. So I could I could definitely see the fit in Pittsburgh. It makes a lot of sense. I think he would be a mega star in Pittsburgh. I think he'd be a superstar in Atlanta. Uh, I think all of that would be a ton of fun. Uh, one thing I would worry about with the Steelers though is your main weapons are Deontay Johnson, who kind of has a drop history and is I don't know kind of a rockhead it seems at times. Is he? Is he giving his full effort at times? I think that's been questioned over in Pittsburgh. And then George Pickett, George Pickens there uh, is a complete basket case. So I would worry a little bit about the, you know, how that all jives. Again, Atlanta feels great to me. Yeah. Pittsburgh and the with weapons. With that in I mind, know. I think the Falcons, it does sound like the better situation. It's, you don't want Fields to have to go backwards. In t- and it's like he's going to the Bears, like a couple, you know, as, as during his rookie season or whatnot. But I mean, the Steelers are a really well-run organization, but yes. like you said, I think that Atlanta too would, but but ultimately, which team is is willing to offer more? And like, who's? I mean, I think both would be good fits. I think Atlanta would probably be the better fit, and just all around. And obviously, that being his hometown team, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I just I want because I'm operating under the assumption that that's what's going to happen. Barring like a complete meltdown when the Bears are interviewing Caleb Williams, like I, they're going to be drafting him number one. I would, if I was a betting woman, I would put money on it. Um, so, I mean, I think at this point, I just want Justin Fields to go to the best situation possible for him because he deserves that. I think he has all the potential in the world. Unfortunately, I think he didn't show enough uh, last season for the Bears to warrant moving on from a talent like Caleb Williams who's sitting there for them at number one, especially when obviously that is the most important position in sports. And you look at all the teams that continuously are playoff contenders and that win Super Bowls and they have that guy at quarterback. 
So, I mean, I just want Justin Fields at this point to go elsewhere, go to the best situation and to show and to just ball out and be like, see, it wasn't me. <laughs> right. Cause I mean, Chicago, I mean, they just don't have the history of developing quarterbacks and, you know, Ryan Poles is coming in and, you know, you see what the bears are doing, trying to, you know, bringing in a new offensive coordinator and Shane Waldron and adding weapons. Unfortunately, the timeline didn't line up. It would have been great if Ryan Poles was the guy when the bears were drafting fields. Right. And you can kind of start there, start fresh, but unfortunately that's just not how it worked out. And this is a business after all. And timing, timing is a very important thing too in the NFL. Absolutely. And, and Atlanta could definitely get in there because they have yeah. a better second round pick than the Steelers. You look at that second round. If that's, if that's what you're going to get like a second and then a day three pick to go with that second for fields, if that's the market, well, the Steelers pick 51st overall in that second round, and the and the Falcons are up at 43. So that's a yeah, decent difference. That's a different. De- that's a, a decent difference there. Atlanta has a better pick in that second round. So come on, Atlanta, you could do it. You could do it. Make us an offer. Yes, make us. I mean, an yeah, offer. that the scouting combine is going to be huge for multiple reasons. Obviously, for the Bears and uh, what the, their due diligence on you know Caleb Williams and Drake May can't forget about him and even Jaden Daniels, um, but also shopping Justin Fields. I mean, there's going to be so many discussions, all these GMs under the same roof and all the talks that are going to be going on behind the scenes, all of the speculation and the reports and the rumors coming out of there. So this is going to be a huge uh, combine for Ryan Poles uh, and Ian Cunningham and, and that uh, front office. So it, it's, it's going to be big. I mean, again, this is a, this entire thing is a franchise altering decision for Ryan Poles which is why it's understandable that he's going to take this into April because if he gets it right, you know, right. He, he's going to be the guy for the next 10 plus years here in Chicago, 10 to 15 years. But if he gets it wrong, I mean, he's going to lose his job. And there have been players, you know, it was interesting from the Super Bowl week, hearing all these interviews, you have, um, you have, you have, uh, you know, teammates of Caleb Williams coming out and saying, if you pass on him, then get ready to lose your job. Um, <laughs> you have, you know, Justin Fields' old Ohio State teammates coming out and saying you're making a big, uh, big mistake if you trade him and you don't take Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, there's so much. I mean, it's a big decision. So, I mean, I do think that this, the combine later this month is going to be like the really first big, really important uh, stepping point for uh, stepping stone for Ryan Poles in this decision. I can't wait. I can't wait to just get another step towards the decision yes. so we can start analyzing that and move forward and actually ready start, for it to be over already, yeah, Ryan, <laughs> stop speculating what the decision is. And, and this is one thing that kind of drove me crazy. We haven't mentioned the Super Bowl yet. That just happened. But yeah. uh, during the Super Bowl, there there's kind of a bears adjacent take uh, that just drove me insane. And I just, every time I see it, I just bury my head. I'm like, Oh no, uh, it's the whole take yeah, on going. Yeah. The whole, if you're watching the chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and you're not, thinking you got to draft Caleb Williams and you don't know football or you're not paying it, you know, that, that whole take. And I'm seeing it all over Twitter. I'm seeing bears fans liking that. I'm seeing uh bears blogs, not the bears wire, but I'm seeing bears blogs running with that headline. Like after super bowl bears must draft Caleb Williams, that thing. And that take just annoys the hell out of me because guys, Caleb Williams is not the next Patrick Mahomes. He's not. Uh, and Patrick Mahomes also is not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Like the guy is only 28. Uh, There is no next Patrick Mahomes. Uh, You know, to me, it's like Mahomes has now entered the unicorn tier where it's Mahomes, Brady. Do you want to keep Montana up there too? I guess because he was, you know, four for four in Super Bowls, 11 touchdowns, no picks, whatever that stat is. Fine, but he's even like on the fringe now. It's Brady, it's Mahomes. Mahomes like, and this is going to be painful. You know, this is painful for me, Alyssa, as a Patriots fan to admit, but Mahomes yeah. is like on the Brady path and he's probably an improved Brady with the way he can use his legs and just decimate teams with his legs. Yeah. And it seems like every key third or fourth down, he is scrambling for a first down. And he did it at the end of that Super Bowl uh, to a T, right? He's it's just like, he's unbelievable. And that's it. That That's that tier. Mahomes, Brady, Montana. And it's that short. And you, you could draft Caleb Williams and you could draft Drake May or, or whoever your favorite quarterback is in this cycle or next cycle or whatever. The chances of you hitting on Patrick Mahomes are is basically zero. I, I think this is Mahomes is like 
the re- reincarnation of like a player we're not going to see again. You know what I mean? Like these guys are not real humans. Like Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. Like if you could find one of those guys, you have hit the lottery. If you could find Mahomes, it's like that next thing. It's 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 impossible. So I look at what the 49ers accomplished in this game. What Brock Purdy, who we all knew Brock Purdy wasn't going to be able to outperform Patrick Mahomes in this game, right? If, if anybody really thought that, they're just crazy. Uh, but Purdy, I, I thought, acquitted himself pretty well, right? Like, didn't turn the ball over, quarterback rating around 100. Like, the Chiefs, that crazy, like, fumbled punt off the guy's foot where the Chiefs got a, a gift touchdown out of that next play, Alyssa, right? All of a sudden, the 49ers are trailing for the first time. What does Purdy do? Leads him down for a go-ahead touchdown. Later in the game, tie game, uh, the, the the 49ers have the ball. Purdy leads them down for a go-ahead field goal. Game goes to overtime. Kyle Shanahan takes the ball first for some reason. <laughs> Purdy leads them down for a go-ahead field goal again. Like, Purdy did his job. If you get that kind of quarterback performance, no turnovers, continually leading go-ahead drives, second half and overtime of a Super Bowl, aren't you pretty happy with that? And oh, by the way, it didn't it didn't beat Mahomes because Mahomes is Brady. So like, I don't know. Uh, I think when you draft Caleb Williams like you're going to do, you're hoping he's as, if, if he's as good as Fields, then that's pretty good, right? If he's the next tier up, if he's between Fields and that high tier of like Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, if he's between, then you've upgraded. Awesome. If he's Mahomes, then you've hit a lottery ticket that you're not going to hit you know what I mean so like stop using Mahomes and the Chiefs as the the barometer because he's not that guy he's not going to be that guy those are unfair expectations to attach to the kid and oh by the way Mahomes and the Chiefs are going to be there for the next decade plus they're not going anywhere so for you to beat them in a Super Bowl you have to hope that a they're not in that Super Bowl or b you can find a way to beat them and just going back to those Patriots days which I lived through as a fan with Brady they were sniffing around that Super Bowl, Alyssa, every single year. AFC Championship game, Super Bowl. They didn't win them all, but it wasn't easy to get by them, right? And and that's going to be the Chiefs and Mahomes. We're going to be dealing with that singular player if you're the Bears chasing a Super Bowl. So watching Mahomes and the Chiefs does not make me want to draft Caleb Williams anymore. I, I don't know if that makes sense to you. I just That take annoys me. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it, it makes no sense because Mahomes is a unicorn. He's one of a kind. There's never going to be another like him. It's just, just simple. Um but I understand like where the comparisons come from because normally it's more like, okay, look, uh, look what, what Caleb Williams can do. It's one of a kind. It's unique. So like they, oh, it's, you know, it's, so they call it like the Mahomes. But then Justin Fields can do things like that. Lamar Jackson can. Josh Allen. Joe Burrow. I mean, like, so I, the, like saying that you have to draft Caleb Williams because of Patrick Mahomes and what the Chiefs says, I, I think that's silly. I think you have to draft uh, Caleb Williams if that is who you like, that is your highest graded quarterback. And that's including Caleb Williams, Drake may Justin Fields. If the evaluation tells you to draft Caleb Williams, that is why you draft Caleb Williams. Not because of Patrick Mahomes and what the chiefs are doing. Thank you. That situation is incredible. That could not have worked out better for Patrick Mahomes because when you obviously we think back, obviously the bears could have had Patrick Mahomes. Do I think he's doing what he's doing now if he was with Chicago? Absolutely not. I still think he's really, really, really good because the talent is just incredible. But the situation is just as important. And I think it's interesting now because for Caleb Williams coming out, and you know, we don't know whether he wants to go to Chicago or Washington. I mean, he really doesn't have a choice. Um, but at the same time, I think this is a situation where I think the Bears are probably the best situation for Caleb Williams at this at this point just like i think the chiefs were the best situation for patrick mahomes what that ends up turning into we do not know uh but yeah i think it's silly you nailed it you you i was just like as you're talking i'm just like clapping you know behind the scenes you <laughs> can't you. see because we're not on video you. but i mean just really good stuff because that's you cannot that's unfair like you said to, to Caleb Williams, don't put that pressure on him already. He, especially when you're coming to Chicago where that will be the most pressure on a quarterback, because this is a franchise that has not had a true franchise quarterback since Sid Luckman in the forties. So do not put extra additional pressure on Caleb Williams to be someone who no one else can be except for Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, if, if 
Caleb Williams, Williams is the guy and he comes in and he's clearly better than Fields is in year four. Uh, and he's like CJ Stroud level, then holy crap, like we've got something here. And then see, we can- that'll feel like if he becomes like a Lamar Jackson, a Josh Allen, like Joe Burrow, that will feel like winning the lottery for Bears fans because we haven't even had mm-hmm. anywhere close to that. Home but run. Patrick for him to become Patrick Mahomes, I wouldn't even know how fans would react to that, to be quite honest. It would be insane. Yeah, and, and I liked your your thought on Mahomes too, like uh how the Bears passed on him and would he be the same player now? Maybe not. And I think Mahomes has even talked about how he couldn't read a defense when he came into the league. So uh it he and he didn't start the first year. It was Alex Smith that started for the Chiefs and then Mahomes obviously came in and took the the league by storm and he's been in the freaking AFC championship game or Super Bowl every single year. He's been unbelievable. And again, Insane. stop that Patrick because uh, you know, I hate all the goat talk and people are calling him the goat already. And I'm so it, glad the Bears are in the NFC. <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> seriously. Saying. But hey, if you want to win a Super a Bowl Chicago, <laughs> if you want to win a Super Bowl, you'll probably have to deal with that guy in that team. You know, yeah. it's just even if even in the NFC, but uh yeah, I mean Definitely situation, uh, you know, all of that has to come together. Uh, but yeah, I just, that, that take is driving me crazy. Um, and I just had to get that off my chest and I, and I do, uh, how you I, feeling now, Ryan? I feel, feel a little, better. I feel a little bit better. <laughs> uh, now let's get to Shane Waldron, shall we? We haven't really got dug into this yet. Uh, a few weeks ago, he was named the, the next offensive coordinator of the bears. Uh, one reason to love this, uh, personally, Alyssa is that he's not Luke Getze. So that. <laughs> Uh, makes me love him um, already. But let me like play a little game here. I'm going to give you two examples, Team A and Team B. And you tell me which one you would feel best about, okay? Team A interviews 12 different candidates for its open offensive coordinator position and hires the 12th that it interviewed. That's Team A. Team B interviews nine different candidates for its open offensive coordinator position and hires the first person in interview. Which situation would you prefer as a fan of the team, Team A or Team B? First off, I already know which of these situations is the Bears. <laughs> I know you do. Uh, just because I've been so locked in. But, I mean, I would have to say uh, Team B, where you're interviewing nine candidates and you go with your first one, and that's exactly what the Bears did. Am I correct, Ryan? Is Team B the Bears? You are correct. Do you know who Team A is? Team, oh my gosh. Uh, my Patriots. How many people? My Patriots. Oh, look at that. Look, we're kind of breaking my, that full circle. My Patriots interviewed 12 <laughs> different candidates, Alyssa, for offensive coordinator Ooh. and hired the 12th person, the guy from oh the Browns. Uh, so which team seems like they have it all together? The Patriots or the Bears? To me, it's like the Bears seem like they have a plan and had a target. The first guy they interviewed was the guy they ended up hiring. They wanted Shane Waldron. Why? We can get into that. Is it a fit? We can get into all that. Will it work? I have no idea. But at least as a fan, I could look at my team and say, we had a plan. We know what we're doing. We know who we wanted. We went out and got our guy. And they hired him also, Alyssa, early in the process, right? They didn't wait around. They didn't drag their feet. They hired Shane Waldron. I think some people at the time were like, whoa, you're already making this decision, this hire. But clearly, they wanted this guy. He shakes loose from Seattle because of the Pete Carroll business, right? And there's some uncertainty in Seattle and he shakes loose and you go get him. And I love it. I would much rather be the Bears who obviously had a plan and a target than my Patriots, Alyssa, who are clearly uh, floundering around, not getting their top choices and ending up with the 12th person they interviewed. It does not make me feel great uh, as a Patriots fan. So I'd much rather be the Bears uh, than the Patriots. If you told me this like six years ago, I'd be like, what? You did not That's just it. say that. <laughs> I'd rather be the Bears. I'd rather be the Bears. But say, say that one more time, just because I've never heard people say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would. I would. Uh, what what's what excites you about Waldron? What concerns you? Like, what do you think about it? Yeah, I mean, going through all of these offensive coordinators, um, just I did a ranking system too, like right before they uh, ended up hiring him, and Waldron was my number one guy. Um, I just think you know when you listen to what the bears were talking about, what they wanted in an offensive coordinator. They wanted someone who was going to be able to design an offense around multiple players instead of force a system on them. Hint, wink, wink, Luke Getzey, which who, who landed a job with the Raiders, which I'm, I'm just, stunned. Like what I'm stunned what are you about. Doing? I don't. Yeah. They really thought Justin Fields was the problem. Get out of here. Wow. Um, it's just, I mean, like back to Waldron. Yeah. He's someone who he can come in and he can design an offense around a quarterback. And that was something that we talked about um, before too, I think uh, when we were doing our, our post Ryan Poles 
Matt Eberflew's press conference podcast about how that was going to be a focal point is the fact that the Bears have this uncertainty at quarterback is you can use that in these interviews to be like, okay, how would you design an offense around Justin Fields? How would you design an offense around Caleb Williams, around Drake May, around Tyson Bajan? So, I mean, Waldron is someone who has done that, where he's been able to pivot from Russell Wilson, who's a completely different quarterback from Geno from Gino Smith. And we've seen, obviously, what his work with Geno Smith and how he helped him reinvent his career in Seattle. And I think, too, when you look at Waldron and you look at some of the guys that he's worked with during his career, he actually started with Bill Belichick in New England um, back in the early 2000s. So he's worked with Bill Belichick. He's worked with Sean McVay in Los Angeles, and he's worked with Pete Carroll. Those are some high-profile guys. Um, You know, so I'm having that experience, too, I think helps. I don't think there's going to be too much of a difference pivoting between you know, Luke Getzi's scheme and, and Waldron's scheme, I think maybe, you know, more, um, I think they'll be kind of, it'll be a little more difficult maybe for the wide receivers, but I think it'll be pretty, uh, an easier transition, I think, on offense. So it's not going to be too challenging. And I think, you know, I'm assuming you're starting over with Caleb Williams, right? Nothing's for certain yet, but that seems to be the indication. So I think that, you know, having someone, I think having Waldron, someone who's an experienced play caller, who's worked with different types of quarterbacks and been able to design different offenses around them. And, you know, he's kind of leaning on the run game as well. I think that'd be a good situation for a rookie like Caleb Williams to come into. So, I mean, I think he checks all the boxes from what, for what the Bears wanted from an offensive coordinator. I think the fact that they requested almost immediately, I believe, once Pete Carroll, you know, was stepping down, uh, I think immediately you, there was that report that the Bears wanted to interview Waldron. Uh, so, I mean, that was their guy from the get-go, and they interviewed him first, like you said. They did do their due diligence because that's what you're supposed to do. And I know Zach Robinson um, was uh, reportedly the runner-up for the job, um, but Waldron was just the guy that they wanted. They identified him. They 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 handled the situation very quickly, too. Um, like you said, they got it done very quickly. And I think that, like you said, he, I think he's going to be an immediate upgrade over Luke Getze. And I think it won't be too difficult on the current offensive players on the roster making that transition. And I think he would be a really good guy to entrust with developing a rookie like Caleb Williams. Yeah, for sure. And again, I just, I'm obsessed with them having a plan and knowing who they wanted and going and getting that guy. And yeah, you're going to go through the process. You're going to interview and, and check all those boxes. But it sounds like Waldron was their guy. And as a fan, I love that. I love that they identified the the guy. Uh, what's interesting too, I think it's kind of like the Kevin Warren co- uh, comments that we talked about early, earlier, Alyssa, where a fan who's on the field side or the Caleb Williams side, right? Like you could kind of stretch this to fit your narrative, right? Like you Absolutely. could say, you could say, if you're a fields person, you could say, hey, look, Look what he did with Geno Smith and turning a guy who was kind of a journeyman into a player who completed just about 70% of his passes the last couple of years with Seattle, which is next level, right? And what is, what's the one thing people complain about with Justin Fields? Getting the ball out on time, completion percentage, right? Like getting those short, that short passing game, the, the in-the-pocket stuff, doing it from the pocket and building from there and then scrambling. Uh, well, he kind of did that with Geno Smith or showed he can do it, so... You could stretch it and say, look, this is a hire that's pro Justin Fields, but you could also make the argument the other way, right? What do you think about that debate, Alyssa? Do you think the hiring of Waldron shows a hand? It gives us any intel? Or do you think, do you believe polls when he says, no, you know, it, it doesn't matter getting the offensive coordinator before we know who the quarterback is because of XYZ, right? Do you, do you think there's any intel here or do you, do you agree with what polls said? Yeah, no, I, I think there's none whatsoever. I mean, that that's the thing, too, is you want an offensive coordinator, and that was what Poles had said, too, who can build an offense around a quarterback because they haven't made that decision yet. And I like that. That's the, the, the adaptability that, you know, Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus were discussing uh, during the offseason. And you, I, I, I like the adaptability just kind of all around from what the Bears are doing this offseason where – like whether it's Kevin Warren talking about Justin Fields and talking about the number one pick or hiring Shane Waldron to develop whatever quarterback you're going to have in place there, it's not tipping their hat either way 
which so they're they hold all the cards still. So whatever decision they ultimately choose to do, they're going to get the most value out of that because they're not leaning one way or the other. And ultimately, they can go and plug a player in and they're going to have a coach that's going to work with that player, build that offense around that player. And then as a GM, you're going to continue to add players to build um, players to the roster to build around this quarterback, whoever it is. So, like, I mean, like you said, it really does feel like the Bears have a plan, that they've had a plan in place uh, and they're executing it. And I like that they're not tipping their hat one way or the other, because, you know, listening to Kevin Warren's press conference at the end of the season, you know, this third year is make or break. This is the year where things need to start turning around. And yes, even if you have a rookie quarterback, obviously you'll probably have a little extra leeway, but you're making the decision that you believe that if you draft Caleb Williams, that Caleb is a better quarterback than Justin Fields. You need to see signs of that pretty early on, but you need to show like as a team, you cannot have another losing season. You need to be contending for the playoffs this year. Be the lions, right? Like make the playoffs, the, uh, um, as one of the wild card teams, right? Like show that you are making sustainable progress. If not, then I think this could be our worst nightmare, which is that Matt Eberflus is fired. Now you have a, a, a quarterback that's going to inherit a new head coach, and it's the whole thing all over again. So yep. I think that this third season, this third year in the Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus era is just going to be crucial for this franchise moving forward and for if it's Caleb Williams in place for him, because you want consistency around him. You want him to stay in a system for multiple years. You don't want him to have to start over with a new head coach um, in 2025. So let's, let's hope that the bears do show that progress because otherwise it's just going to be history repeating itself. Yeah, it's really well said. Uh, it's hard to rip the hire. I, I like it uh, for a lot of reasons. And uh, another reason I like Waldron is because he was a play caller in Seattle. And it's not like Luke yeah. Getze, who was, you know, behind Matt LaFleur, you know, in, in that thing. So, uh, he brings the experience of play calling as well. It's, there, there's a lot of uh, things to like, will it work out? Who the hell knows? But at least the team has a plan <laughs> yeah. again, at least the team has a plan as a fan. What, what else can you ask for? They have a plan. They identified a guy. He's their fit. We'll see how it works out and we'll see what quarterback it is. <laughs> I think that continues to be the question. <laughs> It won't be answered today, unfortunately. We'll continue talking it, talking about it here going forward, I'm sure, even in the free agency, uh, until we get some clarity on that situation. But, man, we've hit all of our uh, bullet points here, Alyssa. So let's get to our last one. The Bears have three going into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Devin Hester, which I know you thought should have been a first ballot guy. He just lit the league on fire. He was just must-see TV, Devin Hester. Uh, Steve McMichael, I think if people were watching pregame stuff for the Super Bowl. I think they saw the entire set on ESPN basically in tears, like walking off the set in tears yeah. after that. Uh, his story was, was you know, shared. He has ALS. And uh, Julius Peppers played for Chicago for a time, drafted by the Panthers, also played for the Packers. So I guess he has that black mark on his resume, right, Alyssa? But uh, Hester, McMichael, and Peppers, you have a thought on the three Bears heading into the Hall of Fame? Oh yes, I'm I'm so excited for for all of them. I mean, I was pounding the table for Devin Hester, like you said, first ballot. He deserved to go in when you awesome. are the best to ever play your position, and he is like no doubt the best to ever do it. Must see highlights, you right? You had be, to tune in to those NFL prime to whatever you, you watched. To. Yeah, I still remember uh, uh, the Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl Forty One, and people were. I, I remember I was in high school when it happened, and I was watching and. Like people were going to get, I was at a Super Bowl party and people were like in the kitchen, like getting food as they're kicking off. I'm like, what are you guys doing? You need to get in here. Devin Hester's getting the ball because <laughs> like, they had no idea. Like, yeah. I'm like, no, you need to be in here because anytime he touches the ball, something's going to happen. And then he goes and rips off uh, the touchdown, the only kick opening kickoff return touchdown in Super Bowl Unbelievable. history. And just, I mean, watching him in his prime and getting to see him come in as a rookie and just dominate immediately. His first two seasons were just incredible. And to watch the dominance, to watch how he changed the game, literally changed the game. The rules changed special teams because of him. To have teams kick away from him on purpose, it's hard to imagine if teams had not. Just think about how, like, what his numbers could be if teams had actually kicked to him more. And he's someone who touched the ball like three or four times a game, and he still had that kind of impact. Like, that is incredible. 
He is the best to ever do it. When you are the best to ever do it, you belong in the Hall of Fame. You belong. You deserve to get in on your first try. And I, I think it was just the voters just making it a point because it's special teams, and I, I, I think it's stupid. Yeah. So I thought he was going to get in the second try. Like I can see you making a, you know, making a point the first time around. But I don't know. I'm just happy that he's finally in. He deserves it. And Steve McMichael. I mean, talk about having to wait to get in. He's someone where I'm really glad that he is get finally getting in because obviously he has ALS and he doesn't have much time left. And this this fight to get into this race to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame with his other fellow 85 Bears, you know, it has kept him fighting. And that's just like really special. Like you said, yeah. that segment that ESPN had, who I Tear was jerker. sobbing. Yeah, it was so well done, but. It, it's not even just because of that. When you look at Steve McMichael, the player, like he is one of the more under underrated uh, defensive tackles in NFL history. And especially when you're on the greatest defense in NFL history, the 85 Bears, who the, the entire 85 Bears, I believe, defense and offense and coach, I think McMichael makes seven now. So there are going to be seven of them in the Hall of Fame. But when you look at that defense, especially when you're playing around those big names, it's easy to get lost in the shuffle there. But like when you look what what McMichael did, um, just as an interior pass rusher, and when he left the game, he had the most sacks among all defensive tackles in league history, and just like his impact and what he did for that defense, just really, really glad finally that he's getting in. And Julius Peppers, I mean, it, it's crazy to think that that 2010 team had Julius Peppers, Brian Urlacher, Devin Hester, three Hall of Famers playing on it just incredible when they made it to the nfc championship game and um lost to the packers which that's probably the worst game that i've ever watched and that includes the super bowl loss <laughs> yeah but i mean that one i'll never forget i've not, i still haven't watched it i will not rewatch it i refuse um but just like i mean what julius peppers did in his short time here in four years in chicago just dominant first ballot hall of famer he deserves it Really wish you hadn't gone to the Packers. I mean, that's just the one bad thing about it. But it's incredible that three of them got in. I believe this is the first time since 2000 where there are three players from one team to have played at least four years with that team to make it into the Hall of Fame since the 49ers in 2000. So just incredible. I think this pretty much guarantees that they're going to be playing in the hall of fame game. So I'm looking to get a, a head up there to Canton uh, for that. I think it's going to be incredible. I'm just really excited. It's, 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 it's great for bears fans too, especially amongst all this un- uncertainty at the quarterback position. It's just nice to kind of unite around uh, this hall of fame group. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Yeah. Julius peppers, you could understand you've seen veteran guys do this, right? You, you go to a team like green Bay thinking you can get a championship with, with Aaron Rodgers and, uh, he, he wasn't, he wasn't on the Packers championship team, right? No, that became, bef- I think that came before he signed No, he, he played, uh, against them. Cause that was at 2010. Right, right, right. NFC championship right, right, game. Right, right, he played right. against the Packers when they went. Right. Know, so you go, you you think maybe I can get a ring with Aaron. That's your first mistake. Think you can get a ring with Aaron <laughs> Rodgers, right? So there's, there's just one, uh, you know, misstep there. Devin Hester, maybe if they would have pulled off Super Bowl 41, if we had a quarterback better than Rex Grossman, you know, maybe, oh, maybe he would have, yeah, maybe he would have been a, a first ballot guy, uh, Hester, if he, if he had a Super Bowl championship on his resume, you know, but not like you can blame him for that. So yeah, I think, uh, the, uh, the hall of fame stuff is, is pretty cool. And you're, uh, you're planning a trip, right? Heading to Ohio. Is that right, Alyssa? Yeah, I think I'm going to, like a little summer trip and like start in Detroit though. Cause I was going to go to the NFL draft at first, but I'm like, I think Canton will be better. Cause I I'm imagining now having to cover the draft and like having to work it when they have two picks in the top 10, I'm like, be a busy I want to be at home with my computer, like where I can just, I have multiple things available to me. My Wi-Fi is good. I need to work, but yeah, planning to go, uh, probably stop in Detroit first, see some family, um, and then head down to, I don't know, maybe go check a Tigers game out. Uh, head down to Canton and I think that'd be pretty cool I've been like talking with my dad and like I we'd been to I'd been to the Pro Football Hall of Fame once before with him and we talked about going back when Hester got in and I like that now it's not just Hester it's three bears it's like okay 
you have to. Now it's worth it's worth the trip. Yeah, there's going to be so it. many Bears fans there too. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be insane. I think it'll be awesome. I don't think there's so. anything else to do in Canton besides go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You know, so it's yeah. just like I'm only going to Ohio for the Bears. Yeah, I and then get the hell like out of there. Ohio. My wife, my wife is uh, <laughs> an Ohioan. She grew up in, and Ugh. went to college in Ohio. So I go back there to visit her family. But yeah, Ohio is like boy. It's not that Ohio. exciting. Not 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 a whole lot going on. Not a whole lot going on in Ohio. But they do have the Pro Football Hall of Fame there in Canton. So I think that'll be a good trip for you uh, to see the Hall of Fame. So It'll be to- a, it's going to be a fun, exciting offseason. When you think about it too, Ryan, one thing that popped in my head, I believe the Bears are one of three teams, again, eligible for hard knocks. And you're talking about yeah. Caleb Williams on this team. Whoo! What do you think they're going to pick between the Bears, the Broncos, and the Saints? Yeah, I, I mean I the Saints. The Saints are yeah. so boring with Dennis Allen. So no, um, the Broncos. I think the Sean Payton factor is is something. Is, is it something. bigger than Caleb Williams? Probably though. not. I yeah. don't know. I think you put Sean Payton and Caleb Williams, but uh, you know, head to head, you give the nod to Chicago. I think right. And but two good markets, Denver and Chicago. That'd be fun. That that'd be a fun one. I I can't wait to see who who the hard knocks one is. We'll definitely, if it's the Bears, we'll get to break down those episodes. That'd be really fun to do in the summer. So, um, I, I would. Really I know like enjoy it could that. be a distraction, but like, I I want an inside look as a fan, right? You want to see how like I know the Bears do little things, but I mean it would be fun. I mean let let's be real. Like last year they could have, you know, they could have been a team. They haven't had hard knocks, and how many winning seasons have they had? I know, like, so it's not like it's going to make them worse. Yeah, it's not going to be that much worse. Come on, like I think this is an exciting time um, to be like when assuming the especially the, assuming the Bears draft Caleb Williams. I think it's an exciting time as a Bears fan, right? Because you're starting over with a quarterback who has high expectations. I mean, kind of like when we did with Justin Fields, right? We'll see how it works out. Hopefully, it works out better um, than that did. But I think it'll be an exciting off season for Bears fans for sure. And just you have a Hall of Fame, you have potentially hard knocks. Um, you have Caleb Williams most likely coming in and just, I think it's, it's, it's going to be insane. So, so much going on. Uh, I'm going to rest, um, you know, before training day <laughs> yeah. the year, cause I feel like it's going to be full go, uh, from there until the off season in January. Full bore. Yeah. You got to get your rest yeah. now, get yourself healthy, get yourself feeling good. Cause there's so much going on, but yeah, maybe we could just let the Broncos have the hard knocks. Cause isn't there like a hard knocks <laughs> curse? Like the jets had the preseason hard knocks last year, Aaron Rodgers, Achilles oh, yeah. on like his fourth snap. Okay. And, yeah. No, I don't want hard knocks to change my mind. <laughs> yeah. And then they do the in season hard knocks now. So the dolphins got the in season one and they were having a great season and hard knock shows up mid year and they just fall off a cliff and tank right but down. That's just the Dolphins. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it is. Playoff game since when? <laughs> I know, seriously. And then, yeah, they they lose a bunch of games and then end up going to like negative twenty wind chill for the first round of the playoffs. Like that was. Oh man, that was pretty fun for them. Uh, so yeah, so maybe we'll just let Denver have the hard knocks, but we'll do yeah, all yeah, the other stuff. Yeah, you convinced me. I, I'm yeah. good with that. <laughs> <laughs> but just hey, keep, just keep Caleb healthy. Yeah, there it is. There it is. So obviously, uh, so much to check in on, Alyssa. I think we'll have to get back on here. Maybe not. Maybe in the coming weeks, we'll be back on here for another one to start talking free agency. Does that sound good? Ooh, yeah, it does. Or barring any breaking news, not that I'm expecting a Justin like Fields a trade. trade because, yeah. Because Poles is taking this into April. So, like, we'll see. Yeah, of, of course. He's going to keep those cards close to the vest. So, we'll be paying attention to all of that. Of course, the Bears Wire is the place to go for all the latest stuff. Alyssa and the crew uh, do fine work, probably some of the best in the business. It's a good product over there, the Bears Wire. Uh, so check that out, of course. Again, I'm Ryan O'Leary. We appreciate you, as always, for joining us, uh, and we will catch you next time. And as always, bear down. out.